Hello and welcome to the Talent Blueprint, your guide to building a company where talent comes first. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery, the talent lifecycle management platform that helps organizations hire candidates faster, develop the skills of their workforce, and increase employee retention. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Talent Blueprint. I am your host, Sultan Seidov, and this week I am super excited to welcome David Brammer. David was the former global head of talent acquisition at Ocado. We've worked with David at Beamery for many years, and today I'm excited to welcome David to chat about all things talent, but also to talk about crossing over to the dark side of HR tech. David has recently formed Bondu. I'll let you talk about what you're up to at Bondu and how you've been thinking about the world of HR. Thank you. I've spent the majority of my career, more recently for the last kind of 10 years or so, you know, in your standard head of TA type roles I've worked with over the years, a lot of retailers, a lot of e-com businesses, tech businesses, large and small. And I've worked really much more recently with you guys at Beamery when I was with Ocado. And Ocado were, you know, we were trying to do some wonderful things with different talent communities and pipelines. And during some kind of downtime between kind of gigs, just before Ocado, a friend of mine and I had a bit of a, a kind of an idea that there's a big opportunity in the exit space and in the boomerang hiring space. And there's a massive opportunity in the alumni space. And it kind of all started with a conversation because I'd exited a company and I had a terrible experience on the way out. There was no exit interview of sorts. It was just kind of a lovely handshake and everything was on great terms and whatever, but there was nothing. And I just kind of thought at the time, well, why wouldn't someone want to get a decent amount of information about a lever, about why they're leaving, gauge whether they want to come back, gauge whether, you know, they had a good experience, a bad experience. And then up came the idea of Bondu. So it's about the things that bond you with a company and Bondu just became the, the kind of the word that came from it. What it does is it sits within Slack and within Teams so that companies don't have to download really heavy external applications and it automates exit interviews. And in doing so, it not only gauges a lot of stuff about your employer brand, what people feel you know, about working there, why they're joining you, why they leave you, and gives you a load of really interesting data. But on their way out, I kind of thought, well, wouldn't it be a great idea if someone had had a good experience, the system then generated a link for them and said, well, look, you've had a great experience of working for us. Here's our Glassdoor page. Why don't you go on there and just kind of give us a review and let us know how you feel and share your insights? Because I imagine the vast majority of stuff that people write on platforms like Glassdoor or Comparably or the different review websites are about, you know, people where they've got something negative to share. You have a good meal at a restaurant, you might tell one or two people. You have a bad meal at a restaurant, you'll probably tell 20 or 30 people, right, in different conversations. And so I thought, well, with the exit interview, I've had a good experience. Great. Here's our link. Please give us a review on Glassdoor. Let us know what you think. Oh, by the way, one of the questions is, would you rejoin us if another opportunity came up? Yes, I would. Okay. Well, then Bondi will trigger a notification to go to your recruiter after three months after your probation period. And it will send a message to the recruiter saying, 
re-engage Ishmael or Jennifer or whoever it is and just check if the grass is greener because most people are probably not inclined. I did a bit of a poll on LinkedIn and it found that 70% of people would be very unlikely to reach back out to an employer and let them know that they got it wrong when they made the move. I know I would be. It means you've got to swallow a lot of pride. So it will trigger that to the recruiter, but it will also then put people into alumni communities that we build for them through a CRM partner. It will then also generate referrals. We're running a kind of an integration with one of the big referral platforms at the moment. And it's just a multifunctional, multifaceted exit, boomerang, return, rehire, whatever you want to call it, platform. Because I've had a lot of success with that, with Ocado, with Boots, with TK Maxx, with different platforms and companies I've worked for. Every time I'd done a rehire initiative, we'd been able to rehire something like 10% or 15% of people. And why wouldn't you do that? Because those people get up to productivity much quicker. It's a really good opportunity when they then come back for you to iron out all the stuff that bothered them before. You can set something up a bit more in a meaningful way. And there just seems like a massive gap because in all the different companies I've worked for, exit interviews are just not consistent. You know, there are survey platforms out there. You can run a survey, but... There's no company, really, in my experience that I've worked for that have had a consistent approach to it. Sometimes it's a call, sometimes it's an in-person meeting, sometimes it's with HRBP, sometimes it might even be with TA, sometimes it might be with the line manager. And if it's with the line manager, are you going to get a really genuine, unfiltered result from that conversation? No. So there's bonding. I love the way you're approaching this, and it makes me think about the relevance of this type of Slack or team-based automated conversation, not just for exit interviews, but also at the beginning of somebody's career, either post-probation or three months in. The same rules apply, right? Not many people after getting a great start at a company will post on Glassdoor, but people might often leave very quickly or things might not work out very quickly or the signs of things that aren't working out won't be captured. It's an interesting evolution of employee experience that we're anticipating in general an evolution towards nudge-based check-ins and i think the role of systems like slack or teams relative to what we would usually see as hr systems is going to become really key it's also going to be a really exciting opportunity to leverage generative ai in contexts like this because you don't just have to send a standardized survey, you can turn it into more of a dialogue with an employee in that exit interview and leverage some of the new AI technologies to make it a little bit more engaging and conversational to have that, you know, Slack-based exit interview, which could otherwise feel quite dry. I love your reference to how your experience at Ocado and Boots and the use of CRM technologies for looking at the alumni side of this could be amplified with a deeper connection to exit surveys. Tell me a little bit more about the kind of things that worked well when you were at Ocado and where this would have been an, a, a great addition and a missing link. I think what the challenge is with utilizing a, a CRM and getting the best out of it is having a, a specific or a clear direction. So a CRM without purpose or without reason or without, I guess, a direction is, is just going to be something that is either just largely ignored by the recruiters or used in a multitude of different ways. So in one of the companies that I worked for, when I first got there, we already had the CRM in place. There were some 70,000 candidates in the CRM. And I was like, why are there 70,000 candidates in the CRM? And they were like, well, that's what we do. We put all candidates in there. I said, well, the definition of a talent pool is that it's got talent in it. 
are we saying that everybody that applies has got talent? Everybody that goes through a process, we would want to hire at some point in the future? Oh, no, 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 no. We just, we just put them all in there. So we just kind of rip that up. And for me, it, it then kind of starts with a purpose. So it's about putting people into meaningful platforms where you can communicate with communities, you can have great relationships, and you can build coexistence and a, a narrative, I guess, or a, a communication line over the years. And I think what was lacking in a specific company was any kind of direction. What are the specific talent communities that we're building for? Well, we don't know because we don't have workforce planning. So we can't see what's coming around the corner. Okay. But the business does have a strategy, right? Yeah, of course it does. And it has goals. Yeah. So in the next two years, what are the strategic objectives or goals for the business? Well, it's this, it's that, and it's the other. Okay. So let's engage the hiring managers and let's engage the leaders in the business to find out what those key skills are going to be, how that's different to what we have now, and how you're going to get there. And that then builds a much clearer kind of picture of, well, actually, we don't just want everybody in there, but what we might want to do is put our levers in there. What we might want to do is put everybody who goes to our graduate programs in there who then leave and they go off and they do other things. So let's start with that and let's build that out. What I love about your point on purpose is the focus it creates for the talent acquisition organization in the why behind certain initiatives rather than it just being features and tools. I think in terms of what data goes into a system, you know, the data that goes in, the candidates that go in is less important than how you segment them and whether you have very useful focus pools. Like you said, having 70,000 candidates in a system has zero value, but if you can segment that 70,000 to say these are the 50 that matter, then that 50 has value. One thing I think is important with where technology is today in terms of artificial intelligence is ensuring that your systems and your processes are learning. It's hard to improve how you target the 50 people who will be your right talent unless you can create mechanisms and AI tools to learn from all talent. So a system isn't going to be able to help you pick the best 50 unless it can see everyone that you're hiring or everyone that uh, you're trying to give offers to, et cetera, and learn from that. But at the same time, you know, the principle of how to use even on purpose couldn't be more critical because it's not just about you as a recruiting or talent organization, it's about the candidate. How do you create the right journeys for alumni, which might not be the same as the journeys for new candidates that you're sourcing and recruiting. It sounds like you clearly had a vision for what you were trying to do with Beamery and how it connected to other things at Ocado. What landed for you in terms of getting engagement from your team? I can't speak specifically to Ocado because we kind of got halfway through that journey before I left the business. But what I can say is that we had so much clearer a direction when it came to what our purpose was and what our vision was for Beamery and how we were going to use it. And it, we recognized very quickly that actually it would have the best possible return on the investment when it came to tech. So we knew that there were consistent, regular levels, roles, you know, positions, whether it's back-end, you know, Python, front-end Java. There are certain pools and certain people and communities that you want to kind of build towards and actually the biggest kind of thing really is is not necessarily about what goes into or comes out of the CRM it's about how you first align your recruiters and your vision when it comes to the work so I've done a lot of M&A activities so mergers and acquisitions right so you kind of have two or three different teams those two or three different teams all have recruiting let's call it recruiting generalists those recruiting generalists 
are all recruiting the same skills. So they might all be recruiting project managers, for example, or business analysts or different tech hires in different parts of a function. So the first thing to do, or I've done in the last kind of couple of roles, including Ocado, is to align people so that they're kind of inch wide, mile deep on a certain skill set or a subject. There is no point having three different teams that are all doing project management when you can have one person who looks after all three you know, divisions or parts of a company who is then a deep subject matter expert on project management. So it kind of started with that really. And then we started to kind of build out and, and think about how that should look from a Beamery point of view, which candidates should go in there, which shouldn't, how we engage those people. But then I was lucky enough in my last role to have a head of recruitment marketing that worked in my team. And actually we start to pay a lot more attention to, so once everybody's in there, what do we want them to hear? What is the content? What's the narrative? What do we want to be kind of talking about and sharing with those people? What's the stuff that's at a kind of a generalist company type level? What's the stuff that's more specific to the areas of interest that they have? And what might be specific from a job content point of view? Because I know I've been in CRMs as a candidate previously, and I'll kind of get a ping about a message for a data scientist job in Glasgow. And I'm kind of like, what? Why, why would I need to hear that? And so just how you want to segment those groups and the content and the messaging and what that messaging looks like, I think is really important. It's interesting hearing you talk about the principle of what you could capture in exit interviews and what could come up and what might also be signs of what's working well that companies could learn from and post on Glassdoor. What have been some themes that you've been finding since delving into this world? I think there are certain things that companies are cognizant of and don't intend to change. And those are the things that you will always hear about. So a lot of the bigger employers that you go to will often just openly really own the fact that they're not great on comp. And they might say, do you know what? We're probably 10, 20% shy of the benchmark or of the market. And we own that, but we make up for it in, in other ways. And that's often one of the biggest blockers, right? I think people join companies for one of three reasons, or ideally two of, or three of three reasons. It's either about comp, it's about the challenge, or it's about the organization and their value and where you're wanting to be. But I think you can feed back so much from a bespoke exit questionnaire that helps you to understand not only why someone's moving, but how they feel about that and how that came to be. Because... Bondu and, and the initial kind of exit piece that it does, yes, it's automated, yes, it gives you a load of great data and that's fantastic and you can use it, but then you're still going to need that additional service of having a much more in-depth, impartial conversation with someone to get to the root of things. Let's say a, a company of Kingfisher's size or you know TK Maxx, for example, where I worked, globally there was over a quarter of a million employees. You're not going to want to do this for every single person in a store. You're also not going to be able to because... As part of your Slack or your team slices, not all of those guys are going to have that, right? It's more tailored typically to your head office or maybe your regional teams, that kind of stuff. But what you need to do is you need to kind of get into a position of, well, what are we learning from this? If there are some themes, then you start to do a bit more of a deep dive and you can engage the Bondu team and the Bondu team will then reach out and they'll do some targeted deep subject matter interviews with a number of the levers if they've agreed to do so and find out some of the anecdotal kind of feedback as to what the problem is. So if it points to compensation, 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 for a company who are already cognizant of that, you're not really learning anything. 
If, however, you find that you've churned 60% of your marketing team within nine months, and that happened, happily coincides with the fact that you've got a new leader, and their leadership skills probably aren't great, you're going to hear about it, and you're going to start to identify themes. It's not about picking out occasional people who are disgruntled because they didn't get the promotion that they wanted or because they felt undervalued. Lots of people feel undervalued. You know, I'm sure we've all felt undervalued at different times. With this, it's about picking out the themes, doing a bit of a deep dive and providing back some constructed, you know, constructive narrative that goes back to the teams that can then plug that in to meaningful HR conversations with the business, plug it into your EVP, make sure that people aren't being missold. Because if your theme also is 20% of the people that join us leave within three months, chances are you're probably misleading people with your EVP and your branding and you'll sell them a dream that doesn't really exist, right? Great example and point. I think one of the themes that has been unsurprisingly consistent for many decades of lever surveys is how much of it comes down to people's relationship with their manager. But in, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of pressure and difficulty for managers to be able to deal with you know, the challenges of, of the, that role in a world where you're having to deal with a recession, a pandemic, and so many different ups and downs. And I think one of the things that we're starting to see emerging as companies look at how do we help create the right internal decisions and empathy and associations for people thinking about their work is this reconciliation of what insights help managers understand their teams and what motivates them, what might make them leave and vice versa, what allows people to connect with their managers and have these conversations up front prior to leaving. Or if you can't do it with your manager, what are the alternative routes? There are lots of things that are now options on the table that you could provide to your employees, but you obviously need to prioritize that with data. And I think it's, it's often not something that companies have been able to, to collect effectively. I'd love to know how you see things heading. One of the reasons I was excited about you mentioning Slack and Teams is we see more and more employee and manager experiences and even candidate experiences starting to live in systems that aren't traditional HR systems. And again, this comes back to my point around generative AI. A lot of HR and talent systems, including you know systems like Beamery, H HCMs, will have a lot of technology value as, you know, in our case, AI models, things that run in the background, but the actual front end experience for an employee is likely to be more and more in tools like Slack and Teams. And I'd love to know what else you, you, you've been thinking about now that you've had, uh, I guess, a stand away from being fully inside the in-house organization and looking at it from a broader vantage point. What, what are you excited about? What do you think might be uh, on the horizon? I'm super excited about the possibilities of Slack and Teams and Google as well. I was researching it and I think there's over 6 million companies now that are using the Google suite. There's over a, a million companies worldwide who are using Microsoft Teams as their communication platform of choice. There are 750,000, I believe, as was stated on their website, companies using Slack. These kind of platforms are just becoming, they're replacing almost everything. I very rarely get emails <laughs> these days. Nine out of 10 of the things that I do now are done through those Slack and or Teams kind of environments. And I think that's a huge evolution that no one would have probably signposted even just 10 years ago. If you look at the functionality of these platforms now and what they do and what they can do, I mean, if they were to start bolting on kind of CRM capabilities or start building out, you know, buying an ATS or whatever so that you can kind of automate this stuff, I can absolutely see that happening. I think what these platforms, the Slacks, the Teams, the Googles, whatever, are just going to end up doing is kind of ruling the world, really, in, in a sense that there's nothing that they can't really adapt and build into those platforms. And I think you're going to see them starting to be used much more heavily 
outside of organizations and by individuals. I do also see AI becoming a bigger part of TA, definitely. How? Not entirely sure. I think for now it'll probably be your standardized stuff that you're hearing everybody talking about, which is job descriptions, job copy, content for socials, that kind of stuff. It's all pretty safe at the minute. But longer term, platforms like Bondu, you know, will have AI and, you know, chatbots that will have full exit discussions and interviews with people and will pick up on different insights and narratives that come out of it. And I think technology will continue to be a much bigger thing, specifically within TA. Whether that is a quick evolution, I don't know. Because in recent months, I was on the market. There are still a lot of companies that don't even have an ATS, let alone a CRM platform, let alone Slack. I personally fully agree with you. I think one of the things that hasn't been fully appreciated by many people looking at AI is how much of the value of what AI can do is about prompting questions rather than answering them. For example, you give the, the scenario of a job description. The interesting thing isn't whether you can get AI to help you write a better job description. It probably would actually write a pretty bad one without understanding your hires and your company, even if it sort of reads well. But whether AI can help you figure out when to change a job description um, because it's not attracting the right talent or because the job isn't being filled. And similarly, you take the sort of lever examples that we've been talking about. It may be more interesting when we think about AI and where it could add on to what you've been capturing in, in the survey cases. Let's say that there were two employees that started at the same time and one of them has recently ended up having a bad lever experience. Is there information about that person's experience that could correlate with another person who started at the same time? And if somebody just said that they had a bad experience, could that prompt a nudge to the person that's still in the business and suggest that they speak to somebody or look at some information or some courses? Because a lot of this data should be connected, right? Like if someone's having a good experience, how can we extend that, learn from it, make other people have a similarly good experience and vice versa? And I think that's where the current possibilities of generative AI and AI are opening up something very novel. And fortunately or unfortunately, one more reason why these communication ecosystems apps like Team Slack, Google are going to have a big role to play in making those nudges and making those interactions where people already are spending their time. I personally, years ago, was uh, hoping that everybody would start using Slack for their sort of personal communication. I think as time has gone on, even if it would be a better tool, there's certain cases where I'm sort of glad to have non-work systems and still use text messages sometimes. Um, might not be the best interface to send SMS, but sometimes it's just nice to not have <laughs> the same complexity. But it's de definitely a time where the rate of change and how these things are changing as consumer experiences is going to be pretty rapid. And naturally, HR and cabinet and employee experiences are going to have to follow because you can't be too far apart in what people learn to expect. I guess as a closing question for you, David, as you think about the role of the recruiting organization, you mentioned a couple of things that you've done to create purpose, create focus. As you think about the talent teams of today and the future, what is some advice you'd give to people in the TA function and how they can think about adjusting their own role and skill sets to, to leverage you know, these new possibilities and this change in candidate employee journeys and so forth? The immediate thing that springs to mind is to be human because that's the one thing that AI and systems will never be able to do, right? They may be able to replicate it, but they, they can't show empathy. Not yet, anyway. We're not quite in iRobot era as yet, but I think the thing that really stands out for me about recruiters and TA in general is that it's still 
very much a human science, right? And it's still based on communication. It's still very much based on relationships. The best people I've ever worked with in TA are not necessarily the hardest workers. They're not necessarily either the most highly intelligent of people. They don't need to be. What they are is they're exceptional communicators. They show empathy. They understand the importance of conversation and expectation management and keeping your word. I mean, how many posts have you read lately on LinkedIn about, oh, this recruiter ghosted me. <laughs> I haven't heard anything for three weeks. What a system can do is it can automate those types of things. It can automate a message. What it will never replace is the human touch of, oh, I had this terrible experience when I worked at this company. Oh, I had a friend that worked there. They had that same experience. Robots don't have friends. AI doesn't have friends. They can't share an, you know, a discussion on that level. They can't build rapport with someone. And so my biggest call out to anyone in the industry right now is actually embrace the tech, but tech for tech's sake is pointless. I've been to companies who had a load of amazing tech, a million quid tech stack in one of my roles, right? Just in recruitment tech. None of it was being used properly. If you're not going to use it properly, if you're not going to commit to the tech, don't bother. Focus and over-index instead on the people and on the narrative and on having good conversations and relating to your market and to the people that you're trying to recruit. And also have a future-focused kind of approach to stuff, right? Not enough companies faced into workforce planning. Not enough companies have decent narrative with their TA teams about the future. You know, they kind of keep it under lock and key and it's all kind of protected and stuff. Have the narrative, have the conversation, talk about what the big goals for the business are for the next two, three years. What does that then mean from a talent point of view? What do you then grow? What do you bring in externally? What can you hire, train and retain? How can you reskill people within your organization? Until companies stop being reactive when it comes to TA, that's gonna to continue to, to be the case. I think there's always been a difference between recruitment and TA. TA is understanding the landscape, it's understanding the workforce planning, the talent agenda, your high performers, your levers, your attrition. Recruitment is just operationally filling a job. That's all recruitment is. Lots of companies aren't operating in TA best of class. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery, the talent lifecycle management platform that helps organizations attract, retain, redeploy, and develop the skills they need. Learn more at beamery.com.